Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University with the mission of strengthening the impact of Utah girls and women. And recently, UWLP, the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity, and the Cox Henderson Administration have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. And as part of this podcast, I'm highlighting many of these companies on their policies, programs, and initiatives that support families and advance women. And today, I'm so pleased to be spotlighting Regents, Blue Cross, Blue Shields of Utah. Now, Regents is a health insurance company that is part of the Blue Cross Blue Shields Association. And I'm pleased to welcome Elizabeth Cole, Senior Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer, and Dr. Donna Milovets, Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer. Welcome to both of you today. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. So Elizabeth, I'll start with you. Can you just take a few minutes and introduce us to Regents Blue Cross Blue Shields of Utah? I think our listeners would enjoy. I think many of them have heard of the organization, but just give us a little more details, including how many employees you have in Utah and and that kind of information. Sure thing. Um, So Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield of Utah is the state's first health insurer. We were founded in 1944. We're a tax-paying nonprofit licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Um, BCBSA is the most trusted name in health insurance, actually. 79% of Fortune 100 companies choose blue. Our members can easily obtain health care whenever they're out of state, actually, through the blue card. Um, So we're part of the largest affiliation of health plans in the Mountain and Pacific Northwest region. We now serve nearly 700,000 people throughout Utah. From a people perspective, we have about 360 employees in the state of Utah, and actually 50% of our leadership in Utah is women, and 66% of our total population is women. So this is is the support of women, and having them be a part of the region's family has been just who we are for a long time. Awesome. And Donna, would you like to add anything else that you think would be interesting about Blue Cross? Yeah, I, I, our mission really is um, to, tr- to transform the healthcare experience by making it simpler, better, and more affordable um, for our members. And specifically, you know, focusing on access to mental health care mm-hmm. is, uh, is really important for us, as well as dealing with health disparities um, across the Strait of Utah. And, you know, as an example, we, through our philanthropic organization, um, did a four communities initiative serving the underserved um, members living in West Valley um, to really help them close care gaps using community health workers and really working in partnership with those communities to really improve the health and well-being of that community. And I've known that about your organization that you do, you know, it's not just independent of the community, you have to be engaged in the community. And so I see your, your name definitely on in 
in associated with community efforts. So back to you, Elizabeth, can you start us out in terms of, you know, when you your organization submitted our applicate the application to be a 100 company champion women in our state, you talked about some of the family friendly policies and practices that you've implemented and some of them are established and have been around for a while some of them are newer let's start with maybe some of the older ones. Yeah, um, I, I actually think we may, may have had to leave out some things because when oh. you look at all the stuff that we do, it's pretty impressive. First of all, we let's just start with women who are expecting and you know families that are expecting. Yeah. We offer twelve weeks of paid time off both for both parents. You know, bo both parents get this, which means that um, it actually sort of e evens the playing field. So when we think about women entering the workforce and thinking about getting pregnant, in this case, both the mother and the father can actually take the time off to be with their new child. This is in addition to any sort of short-term disability for the actual birthing parents. So it's in addition to that. Yeah. We offer a lot of flexible work hours and, and managers are quite supportive of that. And many of our people work remotely. We have very generous paid time off beyond just for people that are expecting. Um, but back to the people that are expecting, we have pregnancy program for folks that are looking that that are you know in the in the midst of that. Um, and we offer adoption support and surrogacy reimbursement. And isn't that getting um, the adoption and fertility issue? Isn't that being you know getting more and more important to families today? Yes, it really is. This is something that we are constantly looking out into the market to see if we are being competitive. And, wow. if, and so if, if our members really and if our employees, if it's something that's really important to them, and we often adjust um, when we see something coming in that says there's widespread support or desire for it. Wow. But aside from, from actually like fertility programs, this isn't necessarily something that we think of as a women-specific thing, but we offer an extraordinarily generous 401k program, mm -hmm. the likes of which I've not seen anywhere else. So when you think about creating financial strength mm -hmm. for women, yeah. that is something that is um, that we are very proud of. We also, interesting from our from employee resource groups, of course, we have a women's resource group. We also have a caregivers employee resource group. And we also have a miscarriage grief support group. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's really, yeah. exactly. And, you know, we, we recently did um, two separate types of culture surveys and in both engagement survey and an actual assessment of our culture. Both times we scored in the top quartile of companies and specifically on the culture survey, it was because our strength actually for, for frontline people is the top decile. And it's because we have a quite supportive, caring, mission-centered organization. That's what the environment feels like here. When something happens to somebody, we just swarm them and we, we with all sorts of caring. And, and I feel it palpably. So I could go on and on, but there's- Well, let uh, me go over to Donna for just okay. a minute and see yeah. if she wants to pick up from there and, and either enhance some of the things or bring in some, some new benefits or, or interventions. You know, when we think about at Regents, why- diversity at the table in terms of thought leadership is important. And we intersect that with healthcare. You know, women, you know, tend to use healthcare services yes. more. Um, and we also 
tend to be the decision making uh, decision makers on health insurance choices yeah. um, for our families. We also tend to be the navigators. To be fair, on we where are. We are care, right? Um, <laughs> it's that unpaid care work. Um, women just have that yeah. unpaid care yeah. work. Yes, and so with that, and knowing that. As a consumer, um, we as a health plan feel like it's really important to have um, female thought leaders at the table to be able to give the most robust health plan so that um, we, we meet the needs of our members. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're talking about the members. I mean, when you have diversity and inclusion among your employees, that helps you think about diversity and needs for your members too, right? Absolutely. Because guess what, Susan? Our members are our employees because they take our health oh. insurance. We are a large employer, as an example. So we are somewhat representative of our plan members um, yeah. of across our four-state footprint. And so for us, you know, having um, getting feedback from our employees on our health plan. And having that diversity of voice really helps us shape how we what products we deliver in the market. I love it. I love it. And so, Elizabeth, back to you. So one of the things that you talked about in more depth when or someone in your organization, uh, when you submitted this application was uh, participation in women's specific initiatives. And you talked about the ERG. You also mentioned that you're part of the Elevate Her Challenge with the Women's Leadership Institute. And, and any other things that you wanted to share about, about women's specific initiatives or programs that you do to really help your female employees? Sure thing, but could I ask that Donna talk about the elevate her? Sure, yeah, and then I'll and then I'll talk about specifically what we do for women. Perfect. Yeah, so I, I am super excited that we here in the Utah market um, took the Elevate Her Challenge in 2022. I'm not sure why we didn't do it sooner. Um, <laughs> I'm newer to the organization, but. It, it's something that we do, um, you know, we believe in the mission and the vision of, of um, Elevate Her. And so super thrilled to, to now actively participate um, in that um, group and, and really engaged in, in all of the activities that Elevate Her does. Bringing our middle management women, as an example, two events um, yeah. specific to Elevate Her, specific to, let's say, the Salt Lake Chamber, which we're also members of, making sure that there is a career path yes. and opportunities for um, women as they advance through their career um, in our state, and then just opening doors and making connections. I think that it's really important, um, not only for women, but for our male colleagues, right? Yeah. Um, as our partners in this, to make sure that um, we are giving equal opportunity and equal access to opportunity. And I think that's really sort of what Elevate Her really exemplifies. And it's something that we lean into every single day. And you brought up something that I think is really important for listeners, and that is, you know, we're talking about advancing women. Everything we're talking about for women is good for men, first of all. But more and more, and maybe I'm hoping you're finding this too, we're really finding that more men 
really are starting to get this and want to be male allies, but yeah. they also need to be in the conversation to learn how to be male allies. A- absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I, when I have conversations with male colleagues, um, not only at work, but in the community, I, I frequently start with asking them if they have daughters. Oh. And arcing that to the conversation is to say, well, like, what, what aspirations do you have for your daughter? And, you know, you just see men's eyes light up. And, and then I arc it back to the conversation to say, well, it's really important to have these conversations. And maybe some of the phrases that we're saying are really not inclusive. Yeah. Um, and, and in some way have overt sexism to them that maybe we need to think about a little bit differently because how would your daughter, how would you like your daughter to experience that? And making that personal connection for me, um, I think really helps open eyes and increase awareness, which I think is just important. Yeah. Thank you. And Elizabeth, back to you. Yeah, it just, something that you said that I thought was really important was that the, these things that we're talking about that help women also help men. And in this is the first company that I've been in that has such an equal amount of women as men, really kind of at all levels of the company. So the, the beautiful thing about that is everything that we bring then to the table from a development perspective, from a leadership training you know, perspective, it benefits both. Um, but I often will be in meetings with people that are 80% women, 100% women, 75% women. It's it's quite it's quite common, and the dynamic, I just have to say, is is pretty different because you you really do have that voice. Um, and so part of what we offer is just an environment where your voice is is listened to and and is credible and you know, building on that, we do have certain things, like I mentioned, it's the women's um, employee resource group. We have peer-to-peer programs on women's specific development. But the other thing that's really wonderful about our company is that people feel quite comfortable reaching out to senior leaders and asking them for mentorship. And oh. so I'm I'm actually not a big fan of formalized mentor programs. I think they're kind of like artificial dating in a way. But when things happen more, you know, just sort of di- dynamically or, or naturally, I find those, those mentorship relationships last a lot longer and are a lot more helpful. And I see that in this company uh, a lot more than I have seen elsewhere. So, you know, we're really trying to take is at the leadership level, what we're trying to do is make sure that women have this framework of how do you how do you lead understanding more of yourself, have self-awareness? Mm-hmm. How do you lead teams effectively? How do you lead the business and understanding business, getting better financial acumen, business acumen? And then how do you lead your networks? Because that's a really big thing as well. And that's what we're trying to bring to, you know, everybody, all the leaders in this company. Again, I could kind of go on and on. No, I, I love that. And one, one of the things that I can't remember which one of you talked about, I think it was you, Elizabeth, that talked about sometimes it is nice to have just women's networks or women in those conversations because the conversation is different with women. And sometimes it's great to have men and women. You need men and women. Sometimes I've I've actually been in conversations where there are only women, but it was a conversation that we needed male perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, any comments about, about that? Well, I think it's best when we've got both. Absolutely. That's the whole yeah. beauty of diversity, right? It's, yeah. it, it is um, both, you know, men and women and different backgrounds and different ethnicities, all of that yeah. is, uh, that's that. what makes for such a rich conversation and fr- frankly, better decision-making, better yeah. outcomes. 
Exactly. And now I have to say that I, I, I looked at your application. One thing that caught my eye was you have some of your part-time work with full benefits. Now that's yes. like a dream come true for some women, or mm-hmm. even I should say having part-time work that is really professional part-time work, not yes. just working, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, Donna, any comments about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, women, um, especially in um, childbearing years, can't always commit to working full-time um, because of competing priorities. Having the financial um, stability of having um, more robust benefits, specifically health insurance, right, as as one of those benefits, I think really empowers women to move towards financial stability and independence, which I think is really, really important along that sort of continuum of seeing women advance. Yeah. Elizabeth, any other thoughts? Just as an example of that, that first thing that I that I shared, the 12 weeks of paid time off for both parents, that is there's no waiting period for that upon hire, and it applies oh. to both full and part-time employees. So that's a very unique again offering, but it just demonstrates our support. And you know, the with the us understand the importance of that time that both parents have with their, their child to really be able to focus on that and know that work will be there when they're ready to get back. Yeah. And before a, a while back, you, you mentioned flexibility. So when you were talking about flexibility, is it flexibility? I think you mentioned flexibility of location for some of the roles, flexibility in part-time, full-time. How about working hours? What, what, is encompassed in that flexibility statement. Yeah, you know, so for instance, if we have some claims people across, you know, different parts of the company and they, as long as they're getting their, you know, the number of claims that they need to be getting processed done, they can pick it up in the morning. They can pause, take their kids to school if they want, go for a run, whatever they want to do, come back and finish it up, but they can do it on their time. Now that's not, true of all roles where you yeah, maybe have yeah. to be on the phone and that sort of thing. But certainly um, I, I, I have a chief of staff who has two little kids and her husband has some aging parents with issues that they're dealing with. And she was hesitant to take the job because she's like, I don't, I'm a mom first and, and yeah. got to know that. And I'm like, you know what? I find that busy people perform better. Yeah. And she is just amazing. She's incredible. But when she's like, okay, I'm, I got to go take my kid to swimming practice. She does. And then she comes back and just. So uh, it's the know, communication. Um, that's the key. Like, right. are you on? Are you, you know, and, and, and then I, I think more, I think before the pandemic, especially here in Utah, we didn't use a lot of these things, but it's pushed us into, I, should I just say trusting a little bit more? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll echo all of that. I think there's a, there was a fair amount of skepticism that if you were a remote worker, that 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 somehow equated with being a slacker in some respect, yeah. right? Like, oh, well, we can't monitor them. And so are they really going to be productive? Yeah. And, and it really was a myth, right? And what the pandemic really articulated for, for business was that people can be productive remotely. And then that trust relationship is important. It is also tied to company culture, right? When you're engaged and when you feel valued, um, you are naturally more productive 
I think the other corollary to that is this whole idea of presenteeism, right? The lights are on and nobody's home. You come to work and you are distracted because there are other things going on in your life. And I will say that at Regents, we are really in tune with that sense of community as a, an employer and employees to, to um, promote that culture of reaching out, checking in with um, people, asking, how are you? And having the trust and the courage to be vulnerable and say, yeah, I'm not okay today. I, I, I have some challenges. And then to have the resources to be able to, to manage that from a, a life skills management standpoint. You know, I really think, and, and I wonder if you agree with me or not, but I really think the whole being more open with mental health has just even been maybe the last five years. I mean, I, I'm sure it's been coming for a while, but but you can't, it used to be shame, right? Mm -hmm. And And not that long ago, but mm -hmm. I mean, have you just embraced that, those conversations? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I, I, think that we have come a long way yeah. in the pandemic. That was maybe one of the gifts of the pandemic was just opening the lid on behavioral health and that it's okay not to be okay and to talk yeah. about it. I still think there is some stigmata, but I think it's getting better. Getting and I better. think the more that we all talk about it, the better it is. The fact that now in 2022, it took us to 2022 to get a 988 crisis line for behavioral health, right? Oh, um, yeah. Think about that, right? But that normalizes the endorsement that talking about behavioral health is important. Having a dedicated crisis line is important and checking in with each other is important. Yeah. And I think years ago when I used to do corporate wellness, you did years and years ago. I mean, the physical and mental health right. were so separated. Yeah. But I think in the last decade, I mean, you've seen it. You're much more experts than yeah, me. Yeah, no, absolutely. This whole idea of whole person health. It, yeah. It's funny. I say to people like, listen, we just don't talk about the left knee. Um, when we're talking about someone, we talk about the whole person yeah. and our head is happens to be attached to our body. And so it really is integrated. It's the whole person. person. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth. Well, Elizabeth. Yeah. Regarding wellness, you know, I, I was a little bit of a skeptic when I first got here thinking, I bet you our, our wellness programs are pretty outdated. And, you know, I'm one of those people that listens to a lot of the you know, longevity and health span podcasts and stuff. And the more I got into what we are, what we do and how much our employees are engaged to it, the more impressed I was. And I had to just get out of the way. We have 56% participation of our employees in our wellness programs as compared to the national average. National average is 14%. That's actually, I know that, you know, that yeah. that's high, incredibly yeah. high. It was um, just one example. We, we, we actually put on a program. We, Allie, who is a Utah employee, put on um, an EQ, emotional intelligence 101 program that was two weeks long, you know, kind of a little bit of time each day with, with peer to peer talk in between 1400 people out of 4,600 people participated. Wow. And it was, and they stayed in participation of it, you know, and one other thing I'll say, as we think about this mental health and just the, the importance of, you know, taking a pause, we're getting ready to have our leadership summit this, this tomorrow. And um, the theme is upon reflection. And we're really just going to take a, a, take a, 
opportunity to just collectively pause and reflect and understand the importance of, you know, well-being and having those well-being breaks and reflecting on, are we doing the right things? Are, you know, are, are we headed in the right direction? And anyway, so it is really something that we, we believe in and embrace as a company. Well, thank you so much. I, our time is, is moving along. So I'd like to have each of you actually, as we finish up, just what final advice would you give to other businesses, leadership teams, based on your experience with the offerings you provide at Regents? Donna, why don't you start and then we'll end with Elizabeth. So first of all, I think um, diversity in the workplace is just good business. I think that that research has been done. I, I think the um, there there it's not indisputable um, yeah. in terms of just being good for business. I think that having many different voices at a table to make a decision at a strategic level is also just good business, especially if as an employer, if you are, if you have anything to do with consumers, because there is diversity in the consumer space. So, so having a narrow focus seems like a bad business decision to do. So from a business perspective, diversity at at the table is important. I think we all come to the table with very unique skill sets and tapping into those are important. I would also say that Women need to continue to lean in and help other women be successful. I never make any assumptions. I ask a lot of questions and I tend to open a lot of doors for other women um, to create opportunities. I frequently say to, especially to to women that, that I have the privilege of working with, that if no, if you're okay with the answer being no, then you should always ask yes, um, yeah. because you may get yes. And if you're okay with the answer already being no, then there's no harm in asking. So ask away, raise your hand, volunteer, lean in. All of those things are really important for women. And for our male allies, I think it's important for, for them to start thinking a little bit more broadly to say, let's let's open the door for, for everyone, yeah. women included. And those are such important points because as we know, we're socialized from a young age as boys and girls very differently. And in Utah, even more than yeah. other states that we should... Um, default to men's voices in many ways. So I love that. And Elizabeth. Well, when I thought about this question, when, when you, when you asked it, I, I think that corporations and large organizations kind of know that these things are important. I, I wonder though about smaller, you know, maybe um, entrepreneurial type stuff where it's smaller, individually owned, and they can't necessarily afford to pay for all of the things that maybe we can. But one of the things that I learned, because both Donna and I were business owners, have been business owners in our past. Mm. And for me, one of the great lessons was um, engaging your people in the decisions that you make about them. And if you can align what you need to have done from a business perspective with what they care about personally, you can walk away. You don't have to supervise them. You align their, you know, their pay that you align. You say, you know, you can have a hand in the policies. You can have a hand in the time. So long as we meet these parameters, we're open from this time to this time. We take care of our members. We have to make as much money. The, the, The more that you can align what they care about with what you care about, 
the more you're going to grow, the more they're going to stay, the more they're going to care. And um, that was a big lesson for me. It was really interesting. Oh, and and that drives home the, you know, the more as parents, as employees, as community members, the more we learn how to listen. Yes. Right. That's what the what the foundation is. So thanks to our guests, Elizabeth and Donna from Regents Blue Cross Blue Shields of Utah. And thank you to our listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio USU Extension and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. To learn more about our research resources and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. And to learn more about other companies that champion women and the Inspire in Utah initiative, visit inutah.org. Thank you.